Why, hello. Thank you for tuning in to Healthy-ish, your daily podcast from Body and Soul. I am your host, Felicity Harley. Now, you've probably heard of David Gillespie or perhaps read his books. He was the author behind that famous sugar book, Sweet Poison. Well, the former lawyer turned researcher has shifted his focus to psychopaths in recent years. He has a new book out called Toxic at Work and he's here today to help us, well, spot them in your workplace. If you do like what you hear from David, he's up on Extra Healthy-ish where we talk about the importance of psychopath treats. David, thank you for, well, joining us again. It's been a few years on Healthy-ish. Ah, good to be here. Um, glad you're having me on again, Felicity. And um, congratulations on um, yet another book. Now, this one, well, let I want to focus on talking about workplace psychopaths, how to deal with one. But before we get to that, how do you describe psychopathy and, and how common is it really in workplaces? Yeah, okay. Well, so a psychopath is a term that I use um, probably a little bit unusually compared to most people who write about this area in that um, people have lots of names for the type of person that I'm talking about. They sometimes call them sociopaths, sometimes call them narcissists, sometimes call them uh, just workplace bullies mm. or micromanagers. Uh, but what I'm saying is that there, there's an underlying pathology uh, which has now been pretty well described in the science. And, and I say now, meaning in the last sort of five years. And that underlying pathology tells us that there is a part of their brain missing um, and that part missing causes them to um, uh, have a total lack of empathy. Now, that might not sound all that bad, but Mm. what it means is that the person is, I guess the best way to describe it is extremely selfish to the point where they simply don't care about other humans at all. And and even that's a little bit misleading. It's not that they don't care. They can't care. They Asking them to care about another human is like asking you to care about the feelings of your stapler. It, it just <laughs> is not something they're yeah. able to compute. Uh, and, and the result of that is that they have behaviours which are extraordinarily destructive anywhere in human society, but particularly when you're in a common undertaking, like trying to conduct a business or run a charity or run a sporting club, Mm. in that those people are completely incapable of trusting other humans, will always take the path that advantages them the most, regardless of the damage that it might do to others or to the enterprise, uh, will lie all the time, uh, will react aggressively and impulsively to anything that they believe is an insult to them, uh, and, and it can be the slightest thing, uh, and and have, in general, no regard for anybody else or anything else. And, and what the effect that has in a workplace is it sucks the trust out of the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can no longer trust anyone. You don't know, is this person telling everything I say to the psychopath, um, is that person then going to use it against me? Mm. And people suddenly uh, report feeling like they're they're walking on eggshells around this person. As to how many there are, um, look, it's it's difficult to say. Uh, The early studies on on psychopathy were done on people who were in prison. Now, in prisons, it's about 30 to 40% of the population of psychopaths. Um, 
But it's also perhaps a little more surprising to discover that in the upper ranks of most organisations, you get the same percentage, which is about 30 to 40%. So once you, you get into management in most organisations, about 30, 40 to 30, 30 to 40% of the people there are psychopaths. Um, in the general population, there have been studies that say it's as low as 1%. There have been studies that say it's as high as 20%. The, the, it seems to be settling around about 1 in 20 people have this underlying pathology, which would have them described as a psychopath. So in other words, we, we're we all surrounded by them. Well, we all will be surrounded by them at some point, as you say, whether it is a workplace, a sporting organisation. And it's interesting because I'm sure when, you know, all our listeners are hearing you describe that, we know this type of person, we've all come across them. How do we manage them without, you know, because they can suck you in and make you feel, well, question your own self and your values and your behaviours. So, how do we, well, manage them but also protect ourselves? Yeah. So, um, they're very unpleasant people to be around most of the time. Um, And um, I think a good analogy is to think of them uh, like if, if you'd wandered off the street into a junkyard, for example, and and uh, once you're inside the yard, you discover that there's a dog protecting the junkyard and, mm. and you discover this by seeing him standing there uh, snarling at you. And that's the psychopath. That's the workplace psychopath. Now, as you said before, they can be confusing because initially when we meet most of them, they're, they're lovely and friendly. It's like a imagine this dog is, is one that you could go up to and pat. They're like that. They're, they're lovely and friendly. Um, they're very, very good at telling us whatever we want to hear. They've mm-hmm. spent most of their life pretending not to be psychopaths, um, pretending tending to care about other humans because they discovered very early on in their lives that uh, if they behave the way they want to behave, most of us will cast them out of any social gathering. So, so they're very good at reflecting back to us what they know we want to hear. And then suddenly they change because it takes a lot of maintenance um, to keep up that facade and they can't be bothered once they're ingratiated into either your workplace or your sports club or leadership position. So then they start showing their true selves and then that's the junkyard dog that you're facing. And I guess that has some tips for us too about how to deal with them. You deal with a psychopath the way you would deal with that junkyard dog. So there's a list of things you don't do. Um, You wouldn't decide finding yourself in that situation that you need to go up there and wrestle with the dog and fight him uh, on the ground and and see who wins. (laughs) Um, You're not going to do that with the dog and you're not going to do it with a psychopath. But for most of us, it's our first instinct is to take them on. Yeah. and, and that is always going to end badly for us because we fight within rules and they don't. The dog will fight till you are dead, whereas you will fight until you think it should be over. Mm. Um, now, uh, the other thing that we often do wrong is that we think we can negotiate with them. We think, um, oh, they're, they're obviously misunderstanding me or misunderstanding the situation. Uh, that you know, they they once they know these other things, they'll be fine and they'll be rational and they'll stop being a horrible person. Uh, well, you'll get about as far as that with uh, a psychopath as you would with the dog. You can't negotiate with the dog. The dog wants you to leave or behave, uh, and that's that. Um, so, talking to them is is not going to help you much. The dog doesn't care if it's your birthday um, or um, if if you accidentally came into the yard uh, and neither does the psychopath. Mm. Um, so 
The other things, though, that it's useful to know about managing psychopaths is that a way of dealing with the dog in that situation would be to have treats on hand. Um, so be able to throw them some doggy treats or something to distract them while you carefully back out of the yard. And the same thing works with psychopaths. Um, so they are very, very susceptible to flattery. Um, and those are doggy treats for psychopaths. Flatter them. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and it can be even really, really obvious flattery. Like, uh, you're a terrific interviewer, Felicity. You're the best I've ever spoken to in my entire life. And you might say, <laughs> wow, that he's really pouring it on there. But if you're a psychopath, you'd think, you know, he's got a point. Um, yeah. Because psychopaths firmly believe that they are the best at everything they do. Mm-hmm. Um, because they do not believe that there's any such thing as any other human who matters. So how could they possibly not be the best at everything that they do? So uh, egregious flattery is often very successful with psychopaths, just as it is with a dog giving them a treat. And your aim with the dog is to very carefully, without any sudden movements, back out of that yard without being mauled. Uh, And that should be your aim with a psychopath as well. If you discover that what you're dealing with in your workplace is a psychopath, your aim is to get out of there without suffering harm. David, thank you for coming on Healthy-ish. Pleasure. If you want to read more, learn more about that psychopath in your workplace, or wherever they may be, in your house, community organisation, grab David's book. It is called Toxic at Work and it is out now. Make sure you also rate and review this podcast. You can, of course, subscribe or share this chat with a friend. For more info, head to bodyandsoul.com.au. Follow us on socials, grab our print edition, which is out in your local Sunday paper. And until tomorrow, stay healthy-ish. News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. <laughs> Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Listener.